Yeah, let's do this. All right, guys. Uh, it is Thursday. We are here for a special edition, special episode of Featherfall Table Talk, where we are going to do a module review of Waterdeep Dragon Heist, the, the campaign that we just ended a uh, week and a day ago. Uh, so we're going to go through that and tell, tell you what we think, uh, some of the pros and the cons, and kind of where it sits in the pantheon of, of published modules for 5e at least according to us and, and what we have what we have touched. Uh, but before we do that, let's get through some housekeeping. We are Featherfall Tabletop. Uh, you, you can find us everywhere at such. Just check us out. Uh, Twitter's a good place to engage with us. Even better is Discord. You can find the link down below. Check that out. We're pretty active in there, always talking, always keeping the uh, day rolling by. Um, we got we have a giveaway going on. I think we're we have how much more time have we got left on? Three days? Ooh, get in it, guys. It is some Smuggler's Coffee uh, giveaway, exclamation point giveaway in the chat here on Twitch. We'll get you the link to the Gleam giveaway. Get in there. Three ways to enter, and you'll definitely win. Uh, so that's there. We are sponsored by Skull Splitter Dice. If you need a set of dice, uh, check them out. They got They just, like as of two hours ago, two new Halloween metal sets. They look badass. I can't get them. My wife has said no. Uh, but they look pretty freaking awesome. But use code FEATHERFALL, all one word, oh, to check you out. That would save you 10%. Uh, ooh, found familiar. Another coffee company. I mean, it's a long story. Don't worry. But they are our channel sponsor. Uh, and they also, you can use, go to foundfamiliar.com slash Hashtag Featherfall. I think I got that right is our affiliate link, and yep. you can use Featherfall in checkout for 10% off. But I will share. I got mine today in the mail. I got the Meta Magic. Look at that artwork. I love that little tiefling on there. Uh, this is uh, this is a dark roast. It smells delicious. But I got that today, so I'm uh, well, I'll give you a review tomorrow. Uh, come on over. Uh, but yeah, so check them out too. Uh, they've been great so far with us. Uh, any any other things? I would like to add, Found Familiar, they do a very good job of supporting the community. So the artwork that you saw of the Tiefling is somebody's artwork in the community. Um, and there's the Detect Magic. Yeah, and I mean, they, they give them all the credit, obviously, that it's not like they're stealing yeah. it. But nope, it has their Twitter and uh, Instagram on the label. They're relatively new, and they are, they've become a huge player in the tabletop RPG community, the D&D community. It's great. I, I mean, I'm just excited to be able to partner with them like we do. Yeah, been uh, super awesome so far. Uh, pretty active in the community. So that's great to have um, uh, with us along for the ride. Uh, one shots are going to be starting up. I know we've kind of dropped the ball a little bit, but you know, winter, heading out of summer, there's always an excuse, guys. I'm sorry. Just bear with us. You know, we'll get them up and running again. Uh, join our Discord so you can be the first one in there. Uh, exclamation point! I want in. That's it. But they'll be they'll be starting up here. We're kind of getting all our ducks in a row uh, so that we can bring you some quality uh, one shots. Maybe excited about it. So, all right, housekeeping over. Whew. All right, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Bob, you want to? I think we'll do like a little story overview. Yeah. So, so spoil, spoiler alert! Like yep. if you're in the middle of a game or you're getting ready to run this game, 
or play in this game. Don't don't listen. <laughs> yeah, if you're I mean, a, hang around, just turn the sound off. If you're a DM, <laughs> that's cool too. Yeah. Um, this, this you'll find this somewhat helpful. Um, if you're listening on like YouTube podcast, if you're a player, please, 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 please don't use this as meta knowledge to the game. Um, that just kind of ruins the fun for everybody. So I, I will say, starting with Waterdeep, um, we came straight from Tomb of Annihilation. You know, we came module to module. Um, but but starting with Waterdeep, so you get you kind of get your your feet wet. Party parties in a tavern, as um, you know, many many great stories start. And you get to meet the one and only Dernan. Um, fight breaks out. Stuff happens. And Tavern is overrun by trolls. So a troll pops up out from the Underdark. You're actually in the Yawning Portal, which is a pretty well-known tavern. Um, but you help out Volo, the one and only Volo from Volo's Guide to Monsters, is in the tavern as well and sees the heroic deeds that you did. I mean, you're level one, so so kind of... Uh, I won't get into it yet. We'll just do the overview. I'm sorry. I, I want to talk about each step as we go. Um, so Volo asks for your help. His One of his best friends, Floon, has gone missing. So he offers to pay you to track down his friend Floon. And he gives you a clue of where they last left off. So on his way through, um, you know, you accept, which you probably should accept. This is where it kind of railroads you, or the <laughs> adventure doesn't happen. Um, you're given a clue. They're taken by Zentarum. So you track down the local Zentarum, and you find out that they're all killed by some Kenku that are working for the Xanathar Guild, which it creates this lovely backdrop of this giant gang war happening in Chapter 1 between the Zentarum and the Xanathar Guild. So you infiltrate the warehouse, either dispatch the Kenku, time up however you want. You find out that they're holding Raynar Neverember, not Floon, which becomes a very big part of this story. Um, and then moving through, you track the Kenku and the Xanathar Guild all the way down into the sewers. Um, you follow the sewers, you follow the little eye prints that are everywhere, and you find a Xanathar lair. Um, which luckily you do find Floon in there. Um, it seems to be housed by an Illithid, which <laughs> we'll talk about later. Um, and this is where you fo first see the Stone of Galore. Okay. Um, you return with Floon and Raynar. You're not given any money by... Uh, Volo, you're actually given a house. So Troll Skull Manor. This is where you really enter Chapter 2. So Chapter 2 is yep. really sandbox. Sandbox, sandbox, sandbox. You, This is meant for you, and this is where I would say if you have Acquisitions Incorporated, it is good to bring this supplement into here. Um, but this is where you get the opportunity to rebuild Troll Skull Manor. In, which is in Troll School Alley. So you get this opportunity to, you know, role play, shop, montage, work with the local guilds. There's also a chance to do some, um, like, side quests. So this is a good time to meet some of the other factions that are in this book. So going over the factions, let's do that really quick. Uh, do you have those? Nope, I got them. Okay, so oh. first faction that you can go through is uh, doo -doo -doo, is going to be Bregan Diarth. Um, 
the Emerald Enclave, Force Grey or the Grey Hands, uh, the Harpers, Lords Alliance, Order of the Gauntlet, the Zentarum. So these are all the factions that in chapter two you can go ahead and do some side missions for. There's there's roughly six per the book lines them out however you want. Um, but that opportunity is there. So you start to gain some allegiance. You gain some ranks in, say, we did the Harpers and we did a little bit of Force Grey. You gain some ranks in there. Um, then once that's done and you feel like you've adequately moved on, uh, this is when you enter the Chapter 3 where a fireball disrupts Troll, the, the happenings in Troll Skull Alley. Um, come to find out that it becomes a crime scene. The players are wrapped in the middle of it and figure out that it is a big plot point. The plot point being that somebody was trying to deliver the Stone of Galore. There was the Zentarum. We did winter, so there's different uh, seasons you can do that have different outcomes. So I'm going to take you through the winter outcome. Um, where they're trying to deliver the Stone of Galore to you, the party, for safekeeping. Zentarum are after them. And knowing that they're not going to happen, they also sent a nimble right. So the nimble right fires a fireball, kills everybody. Uh, chapter three ensues. Chapter three ensues is where you're trying to track down the nimble right. You get a nimble right detector from Nim. Um, track it down. They're over at uh, the Grawlhunt Villa. So the Grawlhunt Villa is really uh, a shady place of some of the upper echelon of Waterdeep and you find out that the Grawlhunt Villa this is where this this point in the book when you get to Grawlhunt Villa is really where the seasons branch okay so chapter one two and the first three quarters of three are on rails uh then chapter end of chapter three is where it branches into the seasons uh if you're in winter they're hiding the the um they partnered with the Black Network, which is the Zentarum, to really just uh, try and get the stone, try and get the, the water deep dragons, and become richer, right? So, the moving into Chapter 4, um, this, is where, this is where you really hunt for the Stone of Galore. So, you find out where it is, and then you're hunting for it. And it, it takes you through an interesting like set of encounters so i think it was probably five different like scenes that you go through and there's 10 total depending on what season you pick depends on what order they come in so it's a nice little flow chart that they have in there mm -hmm. um and then you ultimately find the stone of galore stone is a super secret and somebody sneezed disgusting um and so the stone of glory is keeping the secret of the vault of dragons, and then chapter five is where you get to the dragons, dragons, uh, the which is the currency for Waterdeep, and you fight the big bad at the end. So, um, simplifying it, but you said you simplified it, but man, that just felt like all of it. <laughs> it did, right. yeah. Um, which is kind of that, that was a mouthful. But uh, so I think that kind of that leads us into exactly some of our feelings of of this but i think before we get into some of the big criticisms of uh water deep dragon heist question mark it's heist um we we can talk about some of the things that that we like but i'm going to show off to since bb nats in the chat i gotta get you know there it is uh, my meta magic 
excited about it. Uh, smells good in here. Uh, but anyway, so I, I think there's a lot of good here. Like, I think we left the game feeling a sour taste. And, and that could have been a few things. Like, it could have been, like, us tombed out and, and ready, and then we were kind of let down so that it, it amplified kind of the disappointment. I think that's part of it. But then part of it, I think they do drop the ball a little bit in the adventure. So, okay. So just to set up the mind frame, I feel like when Waterdeep Dragon Heist and Waterdeep uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage were, were introduced, it was so, it was so hyped. It, it was, I mm-hmm. would say it was at the height of like the pinnacle of where Dungeons and Dragons is going, right? I don't, maybe yeah. not the pinnacle because we're kind of there right now. It's on this huge upward climb yeah. where it's getting a lot of recognition. Yeah. And these two modules were very, very hyped. Yeah. Well, let's think about like when it came out, they did the stream of many eyes, right? The, the big get together yes. down in California, like tons of like a list players in the D and D world down there together. And it's like a full immersion building the hype. That was exciting. And I couldn't help but feel excited about it. So it was just, it, it was it was stacking on each other. We're playing Tomb, like getting to the right. end, getting upset, and we're seeing all of that happen. So I think that helped really build the hype. And they did the same thing for Descent New Avernus, which, again, helped kind of build that hype, and I'm excited for that one too. But I think that that kind of, that like I said, built the hype and kind of got a, our, the palette ready for Waterdeep. So what, but, what do you think? Let, let's... So, I'd like to ask, and we'll start with each of you. Do do a quick like, quick tagline review of this for you, and we'll start with you, Travis. So, just a quick tagline of how you felt about the module. Just quick, three sentences. Started off really fun and interesting, and fell flat on its face. I, I'm kind of the same way in my notes. I was like, chapters one through three are fun, and and there's there is some railroadiness, but it's open. We we got some good player interactions, and then again, you get to chapter four, and it's like, wait, there was supposed to be a heist. There was supposed to be, uh, what's going on here? Like it, it was like, all of a sudden, the game kind of changed, and didn't. I didn't like it. If I could change mine, I would probably say it was. <laughs> Fun if you were doing anything that wasn't part of the module. The, so I guess that's going to... We we built up in chapters one through three, for me, we built up some player motivations that the story didn't allow once you got to chapter four to finish. And, and I don't know if that's, a, that's an R problem or a module problem, but with chapter two being so open... It, it lends to those different storylines and threads. So I had I had different motivations. That motivation of getting to Manshun was kind of dropped in our lap at the last minute, and it wasn't a motivation for my character to go deal with that guy. Right. So I, I think, and as the DM, I, I think this module suffers from a few things. Um, so I like the thought of the module. It, it needed to be structured differently. Um so just just quick from my my end, I think it helps flesh out a city. I think it really helps bring color to a city. Like so, Chris, you and I were talking before the stream. Just like Storm King's Thunder brings, and I'm going to use this just yeah. as you know, uh, supporting argument to mine. 
Storm King's Thunder brings like life to the Sword Coast, whereas Tomb of Annihilation brings life into Cholt. It brings Port Nianzaru. And time and time again, when people talk about Tomb of Annihilation, Port Nianzaru is part of the best the part of the, the game. Yeah. Like somebody somebody called it the Monte Carlo of the jungle. And dude, it's exactly that. Like okay, but back to Waterdeep. It, it is it, it helps flesh out a city where I feel like 5e does not have good lore in, in some of the books, right? So it helps add to that lore. It helps give you like this nice supplement yeah. to a can a bigger campaign. Right. So here is my open advice to anybody starting in 5e that wants to play in the Sword Coast. Pick up Waterdeep Dragon Ice. Pick up Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide. Pick up Storm King's Thunder. You will have a lot of information about the Sword Coast and run your own shit. Like, <laughs> run what you want to run. I mean, Storm King's Thunder is a great story and it's got a ton of, of encounters and stuff that you can build in there or just run Storm King's Thunder. Right. But you now have all the information to run a fully fleshed out right. world on the Sword Coast. And I think that's what the best, the best thing for me... And I'm glad I have water the the hard copy of Waterdeep Dragon Heist because now I have that Waterdeep information, and I think that's the best thing carrying the carryover from this model. Right. So I, I think I, I think um, you know for me it was okay. It it, it was it was fun. Um, so do we want to go into the good and the bads? Well, yeah, I I have a list of pros here and. And I'll, I'll kind good. of throw them out there. It's too good. Yeah, I'd like to start with the good because there are some good things here. What? So the the pro, the number one, or the first pro, not the number one, but the first pro for me was the seasonal options, at least as the feel of pregame planning and and uh, us players getting together. We all kind of voted on what we wanted, and, and we kind of knew that feeling going in. So you get to choose what season you want it to take place in. And we chose winter. Um, just because we came out of the steaming hot jungles of Cholt, we're thinking, <laughs> okay, let's let's mix it up. Let's go winter. I, I like the visual aspects of, of a winter. Um, so let's do that. So we chose that, and it gets you a specific bad guy, a big bad guy. But I think that, that now gives you more replay options here, gives you more... Um, if you want. Right. Not many <laughs> people are going to go back and replay this, but... Here's here's something that I'm learning from Storm King's Thunder is you can you can take some of those like at a certain point spoiler alert for Storm Kings is you have to pick what giant type you want to go fight. Well, we picked stone, but you still got fire, you got cloud. So all of that's like a world or an encounter that you can then save for later homebrew stuff or whatever. You could take that and make it a, the new bad guy for your homebrew campaign, whatever. So I like that. A replayability in that way, not in the way that you're just going to go run through the module again, just in autumn. I, I don't think that's how I would use it, but it's there. So what, what do you guys think about the seasonal options? This is something new, at least to my knowledge. Um, uh, those, I, I like, like right it. off the bat, you choose. I like it in the fact that I feel like when I'm playing D&D, it's kind of like whatever weather it is outside at the time so it's like what i'm really doing is what i put into here and yeah you know sometimes like dms aren't descriptive on the actual weather like picking a season kind of adds a layer of flavor to it yeah um i like 
the idea and you can do you can do any season for any bad guy like there's not anything that's right. winter specific with Manchun like right. at all right. um it's just you pick but, winter and it just ties you to there and there is a note in here that says feel free yeah to swap so you know, play in the winter but fight i like the idea of four fight. different bad guys and running down four different tracks so that to me is more interesting than picking a season like I, you know i think okay. the season yeah. just adds flavor Okay, yeah. Travis, how'd you feel about winter? Did I like winter? Um, I mean, I don't know what the other seasons really offered. I I'm always like predispositioned towards winter. I love that season as a whole right. in general, like as a person. So I enjoyed the snow setting and all of that. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool the the things we put in there and the holes and the in in Troll Skull Manor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the snow piling up, and there were a lot of cool things there, and having to be aware of like footsteps and all that kind of stuff. So I thought it added some cool stuff. Um, yeah, and there, I like that there are options. Yeah, there was a lot of gameplay that came out because of the snow. Like you, you mentioned at Troll School, right? We played up the fact of having a fire burning and and sleeping close to the fire. Like we all had our own bedrooms, but we all stayed downstairs next to the fire, right? Because we were playing in the world. Like it's freezing up mm -hmm. there. You know, how many times do we track uh, footsteps in the snow? Like those things, I, I mean, in summer, you're probably going to, you're going to have different things to add their flavor wise, but we, we kind of played with that. And we asked constantly, Bob, we asked you the DM, like, what's the, what's the storm like, you know, cause you'd mention it. And then sometimes we'd forget, like, is it still storming? And, you know, right. so it gives you some brief flavor moments where you're popping your hood back on and, and, you know, messing with uh, trying to get out of the storm. So that was nice. So I, I think another pro for me is the amount of like interesting characters that are built into this book. So like it, it created a lot of villains for you. And you know, <laughs> oh, it, yeah. like there were some characters in here that are like a holes, right? So there's a lot of enemy yeah. evil people in this book. Right. And and it does a very good job of kind of describing them, describing mm -hmm. how they'd be and so, like, it's a great NPC supplement. It's a great, mm -hmm. um, like, descriptor. So, like, Draxel. Draxel is probably one of my favorite characters of all time. And it's just fun to be able to roleplay him in the city, right? right. So, like, yeah. I don't know if I have enough skills to do that, like, in a homebrew campaign. I, you know, I probably do. I just don't give myself enough credit. But... It, it, you know, it's it fun to have these people. So, like, Volo. You know, I got Volo's guy right. in the monsters back there. It's fun to roleplay him and, right. and it be an right. actual thing in the world. Yeah. No, that's that was one of my notes was, like, iconic. Travis is having a disco party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was some iconic NPCs. I mean, if you got the Yawning Portal book, you, you see Durnan on the cover. You meet Durnan the first freaking episode right? right you got volo's guide to monster you meet volo you have the chance to fight xanathar you know jar jar lack jar 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 laxel yeah jar laxel uh you he's he's an iconic uh villain that i haven't spent enough time on or knowing who is and that's partially because you know i don't want any kind of spoiler when he does when i do encounter him right and i right. want to be fresh but those are iconic npcs that and they're all kind of like it's the who's who of uh, yeah. Sword Coast villain, not villainy, but you know. Well, they uh, are. Just, I mean, they're all villains. Yeah, I mean, so th that's cool. So being having enough 
five E under my belt and knowing enough of those guys, it was fun to be able to meet them in right. a game. And I Agreed. think that that could be something special. So, so I think we touched I like on. That. I think we touched on my other um, pro it is like the, the amount of life it brings to Waterdeep. So it gives you a lot of rundown. It gives you a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Gives you a lot of like ideas on different wards and sectors and stuff like that. So it gives you like this awesome city supplement. And I, I feel like mm-hmm. I, I feel like there needs to be more of that. Like I would buy a book of just straight city supplements. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, I would buy a book that just has Daggerford. So it has like right. three pages on Daggerford. Right. And so Sword, Sword Coast Adventures guide's pretty good with that. I mean, it doesn't have three pages for every sure. turn, but it's yeah. got you know a couple, a page and a half or a page. But yeah. So just thumbing through the book, like chapter nine in this is all Volo's Waterdeep Visitors Guide. So if even if they made that just its own like little. PDF on yeah. drive through RPG where now you have this this enriching information about Waterdeep without, you know, the uh <laughs> the the adventure. Yeah. You know, you're getting a page and a half of each award within Waterdeep and on top of that, you get I mean, we should say there is a, a map, a tear out map that's here. Um so you get the kind of get your hands dirty there and be able to look at the map and and work with that, but that I guess that's like what I'm most excited about, and I wish I was. I wish there was a way to make that excitement <laughs> a little more present in the game. So you know, uh, I, I think okay. So I think this this could be salvageable. I, I think the idea, and part part of my concern. So I'm going to go into the cons. Was there any other pros? Um, uh, well, I just said chapters one through three were fun. Uh, Chapter one was a little railroady just because they want to get you Troll Skull Manor yeah. in your hands. And then that's when it kind of opened up for me. And, you know, I remember we mm-hmm. had countless episodes where we're just playing house. Right? We had two <laughs> or three episodes back to back where we're just like, what are we going to decorate over here? What are we going to do over there? Oh, yeah. shit, there's a ghost in here. Like, let's say, let's be friends with that guy. That was some of the highlights yeah. for our group. I and I, I wanted more of that. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, Oh shit! There's a storyline going on. We should probably figure that out. Right. You know, you gotta you gotta take the DM leads a little bit. Um, so it kind of took us away from that and got us back in that that railroady kind of thing. So I liked Chapter Two a lot, where right. Troll Skull Manor was uh, was the highlight. Yeah, so. it created a great world for role playing and having fun with. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Okay. We need a railroady count. Like, how many times have we said that? Three. <laughs> um, okay. So here, yeah, here so are let's, some of the, let's go into the cons. Yeah. So here are some of the cons for me, and and I'll start as the DM. I think it's probably more appropriate. Um, so I am notorious for having not enough time to do anything. <laughs> um, I don't have enough time to do as much as I want. So when I run a module, and Tomb was pretty good about this, I feel. When I run a module, I'm not going to read the book start to finish. I don't have time to do that right at, right at the start. I would say, going to venture a guess, over half, well over half of the DMs out there do not have time to read the module start to finish. So part of my con is there are these major, major, major plot points that are like tucked away in this little tiny sentence in the the book. Yeah. So if you don't know what, ha- like the absolute necessary emphasis 
that leads you to chapter five in chapter one, it, it becomes we it falls into the trap of what we did. So right. there was a point where Lest is like, what are we even doing here? <laughs> and and so it, it highlights that. So I think a simple remedy to that, put an outline. Put an outline in the start of the book that says this is what happens. Yeah. And then hey, highlight Maybe make a, you know, put it in bold. I don't care. Do whatever. Yeah. Highlight why the stone is important in chapter one. Because, so there, there's a point in chapter one where the Illithid, which also maybe comes in in Dungeon of the Mad Mage, I don't know, has no other fucking bearing on this module than in chapter one when you're in the Xanathar layout right. or lair, right. and he walks away with the stone. Right, and th- that was a story beat that we as players missed. Yeah, and, and I as a DM didn't put the right emphasis to make sure you guys didn't miss it. So that's right. my downfall as a DM. Like I understand that, but as a as a person reading this book, and I've read, I have almost every module that's come out for Five E. There's a few I'm missing. I'm missing Storm Kings. I've read them. I get the general right. storyline. I feel like Waterdeep Dragon Heist does a poor job of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, going back to that encounter with the Illithid, I remember being level one. You see a Mind Flare. I'm at like four hit points because we just went through a string of goblins, right? Our goal was to get this guy and get the hell out of there. It was like, I'm not paying attention to the Mind Flare. Yeah. With the Stone of Galore. Like, I... My character was not. So, it, to, to put, like, that, that carrot on the stick way over there in the darkened shadow of the fucking dungeon... Right. I'm not looking over there. My The the quarry for our... Our job is right here. I'm getting them and getting the hell out of there. Right. So... And so... There, there wasn't any motivation for Val to look over right. there. Right. And I'll say in my defense... I don't have time to read a book, like read a book at work. I can sit at work and I can type at my computer and it looks like I'm working, <laughs> but I can't read a book all day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I could come up with, so that's why I kind of am excited to go back to homebrew because I can come up with all my own shit. I got 40 hours to do it, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just buy it on D and D beyond where you can access it. <laughs> it's blocked at work. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, I mean, going going back to you, you made the comment of you know an outline would be nice. They they do have the flow charts, but they they are so vague at, at points, and especially like dropping those major plot point hints where you need to as a DM you kind of need those. So I think, like you said, as you are going, like you have the flow chart, but then as you're reading through chapter one, maybe just another little side box, something that says, by the way, this is important. Yeah. Reference chapter four, page whatever. Okay, good. That helps me out. Now I don't have to thumb through chapters th- three and and get to that point by happenstance. I know exactly where it's at because you've told me. Uh, so that would be nice. I, I totally get what you're saying. So, okay, I'll read you the flowchart. This is it. Chapter one, Volo gives the adventurers a quest and an estate as their reward. Chapter 2. Adventures settle into their new estate and meet the neighbors. Chapter 3. A fireball explodes in Trollskull Alley, setting off an investigation. Chapter 4. Adventures join the race to find and unlock the Vault of Dragons. What race? Like, 
Did you guys get uh, the right. sense so, in any of chapter no. one through three that this is a fucking race? No, not, not even slightly. Not at all. And that was one of my notes. Like heist was kind of a mislabel title, you know, because when we were talking about this and shopping it around, like in our private chat and setting up artwork, and we were thinking Ocean's Eleven, right? Dragon heist. Let's go and get the biggest heist. You know, heist is such a, a strong word, a vivid word that conjures up Ocean's Eleven or like the Italian job, right? We didn't get any of that. And and we had, well, let me back up. There was moments of that. Like when we're fine, when we're helping Volo, I was like, okay, this is the heist. Like, there's moments of that we're going in the dungeon we're getting the guy we're coming back we get a reward what's the next one so but the main heist was never like it, it wasn't it wasn't like the main point so like okay so direct comparison to tomb of annihilation what is the start of tomb of annihilation you are told exactly what you need to go do i need you to stop the death curse Yes. Okay. What are exactly you told? What, you need to go what are you told at the start of Waterdeep Dragon Heist? Go save my friend. Okay. And you so do you go that. save your friend. Episode three. We, and we then, return the friend. And then Stone makes a makes an appearance. So it's right. like it's like it, this. This needs. You know when like in a movie, right? So you have the hero. They're they're doing something. They don't really know this shit's happening, but like say the the villain that they don't know is a villain yet passes before their eyes. And, yeah. but then the camera pans to to what the villain's doing. It yeah. needs that. It needs like yeah. the the exposition of the villain doing these things in like right. the Zentarum fighting the the or or word on the street or you guess know, what? There, there's whisperings of yeah, and, and sure that could be my downfall. I could put that there, but the adventure background could probably help that. Gold and bezel, Lord to gold never ember, and bezels a half million gold pieces and hides it. Stonecrafted, DeGault hires a wizard to create the Stone of Galore, then hides the artifact in the Palace of Waterdeep. Like, if these... So maybe I could have dropped these whispers in there, yeah. and, and maybe in retrospect that's my fault. But, like, me as the DM and reading through the book chapter by chapter would assume that the book has major plot points yeah. that help emphasize yeah. Yeah. the exactly. point of the story. No, I I agree, and and that's I, that's going back to where the, there's a the shift in from chapter three to four. It's like whoa, all of a sudden Manchun's a figure here, and he's looking for the stone. Like, and then oh yeah, by the way, he's this powerful wizard that just fucking destroys you. So I guess that was another one of my complaints was they're having you encounter things that are way above your pay grade yeah dude so level ones fighting a troll in yawning portal uh, y'all are dead well, we would have we would have died if Durnan wasn't there so Durnan could have fought the troll by himself his right. stat block is better than a troll um maloon war dragon could kill manchun by himself and probably the four other thugs that are there you guys can't even get close to manchun like sorry um Floon or uh, Mert, probably Mert, Mert wasn't as as agile. No, he's a little squishy. <laughs> but okay, so go ahead. No, I was just gonna. But okay. like, I agree with what you're saying in the fact that you're not the heroes. You're like yeah. the bumbling. Well, what's the title of our last episode? Right. 
the unsuspecting heroes or something unlikely heroes yeah because it's not you all (laughs) but the problem the problem is that it 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 tries to make you out to be so like you get you get this like and maybe this is a plot hook for after Waterdeep. you get like this fame of being these you know amazing adventurers Mm -hmm. these you know we're like highly sought after but you're kind of like a, a sham, right? Because Maloon, War right. Dragon came and saved you. Right. Mert saved, saved you. Yeah. And so it's like, maybe that could have been fun to play afterwards, but... Yeah. So, so I mean, to be honest, I have not read Mad Mage and how this kind of meshes, you know, what's the bridge from Waterdeep Dragon Heist to Mad Mage? I don't know. But if we're leaving a lot of those open in Dragon Heist to be picked up in Mad Mage, I think that's that's a misstep. And I don't know, we, we kind of had the intention of doing Mad Mage, but we we dropped that idea pretty quickly into a Dragon Heist. I think we so, dropped that at the end of Tomb because we're like, so we really loved right, Tomb up until the Tomb of the Nine Gods. Yeah. This party is not suited for a dungeon crawl. <laughs> right. The best parts of Tomb of Annihilation was our time in the jungle. like, And we talked about that, but... So that was another one of my complaints was the big bad is really non-existent until the end and then all of a sudden you're just getting lightning bolt toasted so that your hands are kind of tied. It's like, well, what do we do? Do we right. continue to push through this? Or and, and like I we, feel... We can't take him out. So Manchun wasn't mentioned until I forcefully put it in one of the right. quests. And, and that was one of the greatest moments was when we first saw Manchun and he did lightning bolt us, and we had to make that decision to rescue Jax and, and Templeton. It was a great dramatic moment, but to go knowing that now, and then to go immediately back into fighting Manchun is is that's <laughs> lunacy to me. That's no character would do that, right? I'm not going to go back into somebody that is totally overpowering me and try to t- kill him, right. or so, or or throw them at them. I mean. It's just, it felt like a cop-out, right? It's like... Yeah. Manchun kicked your ass. Okay, go get the gold. Now Manchun's going to show up. He's going to kick your ass again. But we're going to ride in the fail-safe. Here comes War, Water Dragon or War Dragon and, and Mert and, and company. Right. Like, that's... that's We're not the heroes now. I play this game to be a hero. Like, I'm not I'm a fucking average. I'm, a, I'm an average Joe in everyday life. You know, right. I want to be the hero. Right. Now again, maybe this you become the hero in Mad Mage, and who knows, and all this well. But I'm not playing Mad Mage; I'm playing Dragonized. So, uh, yeah, I think that's part of what it suffers from too. Is that they made it into this? It, it's almost a module that can't stand by itself. You know what I mean? It. it I it's almost totally a had that feeling. Crutch to Mad Mage, to an extent. Um, well, then don't charge me. Fifty dollars <laughs> twice, like honestly, like give me honestly, in one book. It's not mine. Um, <laughs> and like part part of it, I agree. But then that's a lot of content because Dragon Heist levels one through okay. five was fifty dollars. Dungeon of Mad Mage. Let me tell you how much of this content was not used. Right. Oh right. So how much of that can we kick out? Make it one book, you know. So, but am, okay, charge me seventy bucks for both of them then. Exactly. Like, so, Drag, it, Dragon it, Heist is one through five. Mad Mage is fifteen through twenty. That's fifteen like through twenty years of content. Yeah, 
Dude, that's a, that's a insane. No party. I've been with. I played one game for two years. We made it to level eleven using actual XP sessions. Yeah. Not milestones. Yeah. Level eleven, dude. That's two years. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, another con I had was the amount. And now, granted, granted, Waterdeep is a big place, right? But the amount of factions that were available. The amount of factions that were available is what he was saying. Not back yet. Sorry. My, my, yeah, my <laughs> freaking dogs are flipping. But the amount of factions and guilds that are just flying by, and you got to, like, pick one, and hopefully you pick the right one because you don't, you don't really know all about them. And it, there was just so, so many. Well, and that's what makes Chapter 2 ridiculous in the fact that there were so many. And guess what? So you pick out of the six factions. There's six quests per faction, right? So you pick a couple factions to throw at the players. Um, I threw Zentarum at Makani because she... Makani kind of borderline evil character, right? Um, and so you, you, you throw the evil faction at him. I threw Harpers because majority were good. Um, I think Harpers went to you, Jax. Because Jax is lawful good character. Yeah. Uh, maybe chaotic good at best. Uh, but, so, like, you pick these different factions, and it's like, hey, you get a note in your head. Like, you get somebody <laughs> send you a message. Meet Vajra right. Blackstaff. Who? Why? Are you going to kill me? Like, this doesn't right. sound fun. Or, like, meet Merc. Meet Merc at the but, theater. But, again, those are, like, detractions. So now we're trying to, like, pick up the thread... But now we got yeah. Zentarum coming in. We got Harpers coming in. We got, and, and I think I think part of the problem is that so chapter one is this little itty bitty book. Chapter two is this huge, 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 huge section. Chapter three, four, and five are like these little things, and so I, I, I think that that's the main point to take away from this entire review. Entire review. Chapter two loses focus of what the module is about because because it becomes playhouse. Play shopkeep, bring in acquisitions incorporated, run a shop, mm-hmm. do do some right. random side missions that have zero impact until the very, very, very last fight where you right. guys are gonna die and who you did and who you did these missions for come and help you. So right. like this much content for chapter two, this much for one through one, t- yeah. three, four, and five, man that I mean it that's part of the problem too. It just felt like so many parts of this didn't really serve a real purpose. Right. All of, I mean, the faction served a purpose because they led to the people helping you at the end. Yeah. But what was the point of all the rest? Most of the characters we met didn't really do anything for us. They didn't... Yeah. There was no conclusion. What was the point of going through that crypt or whatever you want to call it at the end? <laughs> yeah, that, that mini dungeon pissed me off. It was so okay. Like it was just so frustrating. Like I don't want to go through a bunch of traps and like it's out of place. But why? Why? Okay, you're in Waterdeep, not Waterdeep. If I know my lore collect correctly enough, was not a dwarven city. Why is there a dwarven rune like ruins under Waterdeep? I don't know. Maybe it's Undermount. I don't know. Like I don't know how those two fit. Right. Like it. It doesn't. All say I know it. is. It was frustrating. Like, it, it felt like almost immersion breaking. Like, what are we doing down here? What? Why are... 
And then all the descriptions were like very dwarven, and it's like, okay, does that mean anything to us? I don't know. So it was frustrating, but okay, moving on. Another note I I had was, at least in the book, it needed more like flavor pictures. Uh, and what I mean by that is, we do get some snapshots of what like life on the streets would look like. I wanted a little bit more, and at least maybe in the Roll Twenty module that you could share out and have as just like a background pick to kind of draw off of. Uh, it, it was nice the few that are in here. Well, uh, I, I, I wanted to see more of that. And to be clear, Waterdeep was so looking at the main article, History of Waterdeep. Waterdeep was used as a trading site, as a trading site for trade activities between northern tribesmen and southern merchants. From so dwarves. 1088 DR onward. So BB Nat, please tell me how it how it works because if it's something i've i've missed somewhere yeah. i use i use um fandom the the wikia wiki that they have for forgotten realms as majority of my lore if yeah. that is wrong please tell me like i'm not calling you i'm not saying you're wrong please help me um because that that's where i grab all of my supplemental information like i i do feel like they give you a lot of good flavor text a lot of good flavor text in the book uh -huh. at the start at, at the very start it sets up right. waterdeep and i feel like i did a good job of letting the party know that waterdeep isn't a place to really fuck around in in, in the fact that yes there are strict laws there are the the right. waterdeep city watch don't joke around and so like i don't know it it well, it, it just like teeters out you know and we kind of knew that from the onset like guys like here, are the, here are the laws of Waterdeep, right? So we we knew how to kind of push the line, uh, as much as our our somewhat villainous type uh, characters would. Um, but I, I think it kept us in check, and it, and it was kind of a nice. As much as I hated the City Watch, it was kind of nice to have that that pushback, right? So you yeah. can't go murder hobo. You can't, you know, this is this game will be derailed quickly. If you decide to kill this person right here in the street, right? So you do have to use some different levels of negotiation that in Cholt or you know, are not going to be there. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, but there we are. I, I like that idea, BB Nat, to be honest, that it's multiple holds like it went through multiple holds by multiple races, you know, that built on top of each other. It almost kind of reminds me of like the Roman Empire that just built on top of each other. So like as they dig under the city, you find all of these nice Roman ruins. Um, it, I guess it's interesting to think about. But I would agree with what Plague State said is that Waterdeep is Cosmo in design. Dwarven ruins aren't expected, but also aren't out of the question. But, but, like. That being, like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And, and the reason why it doesn't make sense to me is because, like, you have the City of Splendors, literally the tagline for Waterdeep, but then you go into Dwarven Ruins and there's nothing else in the campaign yeah. that ties to Dwarven Ruins. It's just like, is it is it leading up to Dungeon of the Mad Mage? I don't know. I haven't played that. But it, yeah. it, it's, it just feels it feels out of place. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. It's not out of the question. You can find any kind of race ruins anywhere, any kind of civilized ruins anywhere. But it just felt out of place. But if you're going to provide me, like, an out-of-the-blue <laughs> dwarven ruin, give me time to explore and to, like, kind of 
figure it out. But this was very, hey, here's a bunch of dwarf shit. Oh, here's all the gold. Now you're being attacked. <laughs> it, it felt like lazy, lazy dungeon to me. It had like three traps. All of them were like, okay, kind of fun by design. But like, they don't really have anything to do with like, right. okay. So there's a mural that is entrancing. What? Okay. Then there's three rooms that have traps in each of the rooms. Why? The mural was the most interesting part of that whole place. Because what I does added, that say about added, the rest of that? Place? I added the flavor to that. Like, it doesn't... If I were to read the mural, it doesn't give you any description. It doesn't tell you what's on the mural. Like, I added the flavor to that. I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, I, this is frust- This book is frustrating to me. Alright, then that... You know, that's, that's you being... Uh, a DM that is cognizant of the void that needs filled. So, good there. Um, I had a question. You know, we get chapters 5 through 8, and those are in the in the adventure flowchart, are the villain layers. What are they in there for? Are you telling me I'm going to go fight Manchun? Like, go on Manchun's property and take him out? Because chapter eight, because we chose winner, would be the Manchun chapter. So you, five, five is uh, Xanathar, six is the Castle Lantern, seven is Jar Jarlaxle, and eight is uh, Manchun. So depending on what your party chooses, you're going to pick one of those chapters. So are you telling me I just got my ass kicked by Manchun? I'm going to now <laughs> go get seconds. So it's a it's a big chunk of the book that is is wasted. I mean, wasted in the sense of this module. So there, Not there's wasted a chance. In the sense of, to be fair to the module, there is a chance you don't even encounter Manchun in the Temple of God. It wasn't the Temple of God. The Temple of Bane. You don't uh, yeah, encounter yeah. him there. In the fact that, um, if you're quick enough, you leave before he gets there. If you're slow enough, he comes and takes the stone. Right. So there, there is a timer on that. Which okay, good for, good for, uh, you know, doing it that way. Great, I love the timers. I love timers in um, any kind of D and D game. It's fun to me because hmm. it gives the party a sense of uh, what's the urgency? Urgency, it's, yeah. Hey, we got to move. We can't. Yeah, we can't dawdle. So I, if, I like that. If Manchu got the stone, okay, you have to go get it. So uh, does that become like? The heist? Okay, but still, you're level 5 taking on a level 8, 9, whatever Manchun is. You're outgunned. And which which I, I understand. I like, you know, I like the idea of the 300 versus everybody else, right? It's I'm okay with that, but we've already just had our ass kicked three times. <laughs> like, I'm not going back. Right. Right? And I think, I think that led us into a good reason why plug for our ghosts of the past why the characters are now leaving Waterdeep and Val is so quick to leave yeah is because he had he had his ass handed to him and now he's like tail between the legs let's go adventure agreed right I agree so so for us to take on to home brew I like what they did to us um I just don't think it's like a solid story or at least ending to a story um one last thing and this is this is very centric to our party and one of the notes that i had was um this provided uh, Waterdeep dragon heist provided less character growth and group growth 
than Tomb of Annihilation did. And as as much as we dog Tomb of Annihilation, I think we had a solid group understanding of our characters and we told some great stories and and it seemed like to be lacking a little bit in Waterdeep. And that was that was kind of disheartening for me. I would agree, and so mm-hmm. I, I think what really helped Tomb of Annihilation grow was the random encounters. You're not going to get random encounters in a city. Like, yes, there are going to be some, right? But the amount of actual like scheduled fights in this book is is close to none. Yeah, and so I, I think the the fighting and the the in between the fights and you know the Oni chasing you and right. just surviving in the jungle is what offered that. I think in a city, right. you're kind of like... It, it, this could almost be like akin to life, right? In the city, you kind of like don't really care about other people, and you're just moving along at your own at, at the city pace of, I got shit to do, I don't have time for you. Whereas in like the country, you're kind of... You like, you know everybody, and you're kind of like, oh, hey, how's your day? And like, life moves a little bit slower. <laughs> yeah. No, th- that makes sense. Um... And, and I think part of it, too, is that, I mean, Devin made a certain character that, you know, Templeton was what he was, right? He's not going to be a big RP pusher. I made Val. He's kind of an asshole. Alesta <laughs> was kind of edgy. Uh, Makani was kind of edgy. Uh, Jax is, is that one kind of, you know, the softer character. So it, it wasn't soft. like soft in all the good ways. It, but it wasn't like in Tomb where we all had the same same uh mission right death curse figured out like this was we all had something different so it was it it was missing something to tie us all together and i think it goes back to the very start right what is the mission we got troll skull manor now what i don't i don't need to do anything else and then we all kind of we all kind of fanned out and wanted to do our own thing which is which is great and which is what you know rpgs can do it gives you that option so i don't know It, it just felt like and I don't know if it's just Val versus Binks for me. Like Binks was such an innocent character that you know you you care or at least I cared for him more than Val. You know what I mean? And I it should, might be that. I should and, kill Val more often. Than that. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. <laughs> right. Okay. So to kind of let's place this in a position. Waterdeep Dragon High. So we do have fairly limited knowledge of the. 5e published modules but out of the ones we've encountered and kind of heard things how how does this rate and where does it sit last for me um so so watch i've watched a lot of curse of strahd by far my favorite module hands down i would put tomb of annihilation second i would put storm's king storm king's thunder right in there so i've read through that as well I would put Lost Minds of Fandover, which is the starter adventure. I think it's fun. I, I think it's, it's pretty it's solid, great. though. It's um, I would put that forth. Um, I don't know too much of the others. I know Tales of the Yawning Portal. Like I have that. It doesn't seem like it's a ton of fun. Like it's it, it's kind of like a Ghost of Salt Marsh, where you're getting a bunch of yeah, like a, a stories mo- you can string together. But yeah, they're yeah, like a moose bouche of like what a yeah. real module should be yeah. like. Um, I would rank it last, it, only in the fact that it it struggles for the busy DM. It, it struggles for the the lack of time DM, in the fact that it can't, like 
you can't whoa <laughs> sorry um like it doesn't string it all together for you you as the dm need to consciously be aware of that ahead of time and do it yourself you know what i mean yeah 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 uh, uh go ahead travis like uh, i'm a newbie it? right so i have played two modules now um Water, uh, Waterdeep, obviously, and Tomb of Annihilation. Starting off with Tomb of Annihilation, that was what I envisioned D&D to be. City exploration, jungle exploration, coming across cities, encounters, the Oni, the, the tombs, sneaking around. It was great. Waterdeep had a lot of RP. That was so fun to do all of that. But it just never, ever came together for me. So, I mean, it's last for me out of two. Yeah. But, I mean, if I had to put a space between it, there, two is like... Distant two. A, like a gotcha. one on a hundred yeah. scale. It's like me racing... like 90. It's like me racing Usain Bolt, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Came in second. But, yeah. Yeah. So, but, I mean... It had so much potential, and I felt like there was just so many missed opportunities yeah. to bring a lot of these characters to life. Yeah. Like we saw those, the iron and the ice and fire person, whoever, their, whatever their character names were. Genasis. The yes, the Genasis were they were great. We saw them once, maybe twice. Well, you know, I, I don't know, and that's yeah. just for side stuff. It didn't have any yeah. impact on yeah. the story. It, it's just. Yeah. It was fun. It just was as a as a story as a module. It just got gotcha. great, a great and world though. I I think as a big city would do is you get oversaturated with saturated with options, right? So we met the fire and water genasi once, but they're there. I I want to go back. I want to figure you know, but there's just no time. There's no time. Um. So I kind of Bob. I'm kind of with you and, and Travis too. Storm, I'm, I'm almost done with Storm King's Thunder. We're on kind of a hiatus, but I love Storm King's Thunder, and I would love to play Storm Kings with a DM that's better than me, because I think it would be even more fun. You know what I mean? It's like, but now you know, having run through it, it'd be kind of tough to be a player in it. But it's it's a solid story. You have a clear mission. There's some open world stuff. So I I rate that one pretty high. Tomb of Annihilation has some serious like nostalgia kind of just love even though we did kind of hate and get burnt out so of those two i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna edge it with storm king's thunder a little bit so, but so i i do love too so i will say if you're a new dm don't do this module just this is just quick word no. word of advice so i was a newer dm and i did two of annihilation and i feel like i did that better than i i did this this module mm -hmm. and I I would highly recommend against new DMs writing this unless you have the time to read it all the way through. It's not a thick module. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not huge. But but there's a lot going on. Yes. If you're going to do it, read it all the way through. And like yeah. Plague State said in the chat, he's watched it three different times, three different ways. He could probably run a good module now. I agree because you understand the story and the, the pieces that, requ that are required in the places right. to put the emphasis right. on those pieces if you yeah. do not know that the players will get lost let me warn you that they will get lost yeah and you'll have an alessa moment and it's no fault against her right. and in no way right. is it a bad thing but it's when you're in the the vault you're like what are we doing here 
that is a very easy trap to fall into with this module. Frustration. Yeah. So <laughs> I I mean to get back to my list before Bob. So I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. <laughs> sorry. I'm an asshole. Uh <laughs> Curse of Strahd is very like I'm very curious about that and yeah, the only reason why I don't put it high up there, I, I assume it's really fun, but I just haven't played it, you know. So I, I'm gonna put Storm King's Tomb, Dragon Heist out of the ones I played. I've played half of Lost Minds. I it's pretty fun. It's like classic D and D, you know, like you get a little bit of everything, little dragon, little dungeon, little this. You know, so it's yeah. it's a nice starter set. Um but yeah, this is this kind of falls to the bottom as a module. But as a book for like source material for Waterdeep, I think you can't go wrong. It's there. very high, yeah, because Waterdeep is such a good place to right. to be, yeah. right? And I think you could do a lot there if you have this information and kind of make it your own. So that's that's it, man. Uh, I'm uh, again. I want to say I'm just happy I get to play in a weekly game with awesome people, even if the story is <laughs> by no fault of the DM. Even if the story is kind of. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I, I get to hang out and have a good time at, at a, a virtual tabletop and play D and D. So and that's I won't, what trade, really I won't trade that for anything. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. All right, is that it? I I do. Got? I do want to say that I am I am really 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 trying to get a Curse of Strahd game going on this channel, and it'd be like a once or twice a month thing. I really want to do it. Oh, I'll play. I really oh, I wanted no to do it. No time. No time. Uh, <laughs> Cryman Squad, F and C. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, that's kind of that's our module module review of of Dragon Heist. Again, if if you want to build a Waterdeep campaign of your own, get it. Pair it with Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Uh, I think you you got some good material there. Um, if you're just playing it for the to get into Mad Mage, I think you'd be all right. But as a standalone, you might want to skip it. Pick something else. And that's okay. There's a lot of options out there. Be a creative DM. Create a world of your own. But Yeah. That, that's we're gonna yeah. I don't we could go on for days, but Oh yeah. Featherfall Table Talk, thanks for hanging out here on a Thursday night. Uh, coming up, some big news. We got episode one of the gods we know on Tuesday. Check them out. Uh, their session zero is live on YouTube and podcasts, so you can kind of get in at ground zero, learn who these characters are. Uh, there's there's some twins. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, so check them out uh, Tuesday at eight thirty Central Time, I think. Eight thirty Central Time Wednesday. Our our new new how do how do we want to count this new 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 homebrew. With the same, mostly the same characters from Waterdeep yeah. called Ghost, Ghost of the Past. Uh, we're exiting Waterdeep and we are heading south on the Sword Coast to figure some stuff out. So uh, that's on Wednesdays at 6 Central Time. Uh, check that out. And then, of course, always here Thursdays at 6.30 Central Time uh, for the Table Talk. Uh, some new Unearthed Arcana came out today, so we might uh, be talking about that next time, next week. Uh, oh, if you want to yeah. see what we think about the new uh, druid, cleric, and wizard subclasses, uh, join us next week. Uh, that's it. I'm done. Okay, we're going to go into a quick raid of Grim and Perilous. 
So Cut the stream. Don't go anywhere. Um, we'll be starting yeah. that in about 10 yeah. seconds. So I, I, I want to supplement what Chris said just as these 10 seconds count down. Thank you for hanging out with us. We love every single one of you and of look forward to giving you more content. But here Absolutely. we go into the raid. Bye. Bye. Bye.